I'm Janet Davis, and welcome to Food Plus Freedom Podcast. Today is January 19th, 2024. Happy Friday. This is episode 14. Read your product label. It might have changed and you don't even know it. To everyone who is in cold country, and it is cold out there, please stay warm, stay safe, and make sure you have the right gear. Food Plus Freedom is a solution-based podcast and website for freedom-loving people where you get solutions about food, supplies, and finding freedom for your family without always being dependent on big government, big business, or big agriculture. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Plus, don't forget to visit our website, foodplusfreedom.com, for more podcasts, podcast show notes, We include the entire show written out for you, articles, soon we will have videos, plus our free newsletter that gives you more information every week delivered straight to your inbox every Tuesday. Social media, we're on Twitter and social at Food Plus Freedom. Rumble is where our videos will be soon. Podbean, foodplusfreedom.podbean.com and Telegram, food underscore plus underscore freedom. Whew, that was all a mouthful. Anyhow, don't forget to wait until the end of the podcast for our quick tip of the day. Now, on with the show. Read your product labels. They might have changed and you don't even know it. Yes, this sounds very scary, but it's unfortunately true. How many times you read labels? Okay, let me rephrase that. How many times you read the label of products you have bought forever? Products you have read the label before and you trust them. Be honest. I'll be honest. If I am buying a product that I've bought over and over again, I've read the label before and I'm still buying it? <laughs> I don't tend to look at the label unless, of course, the label looks different. I've gotten lazy and, well, let's not use the word lazy, but trustful. Then when I get home and I'm putting away the item or when I throw away the package, I might look at it and say, oh, crap. The ingredients had changed, but that package hadn't and I was unaware See, when the packaging changes, it makes most label readers go, hmm, something's different on this package. I need to read the ingredients, even if it's subconscious, and we read it. Changes in ingredients in your products are not only changing without you realizing it, but changing without you being told. When I say product, I mean everything, your food, cleaning supplies, laundry, shampoo, body soap, vitamins, etc., I used to have a little bit of confidence that manufacturers had to tell us when a product had changed, but that is no longer true. This past year, I was amazed to find that natural flavors was added to my organic unsalted butter. It wasn't all brands, but a majority of them. I'm thinking, what flavor are they adding to butter. This made no sense to me, not at all, because 
all butter is, is cream that's been beat and whipped until, well, it's butter. If it's salted, you add salt. If it's not salted, you don't. Very simply. Apparently, someone decided that unsalted butter needed to taste like something else. I don't know. I really don't know. And the label didn't even say what the natural flavor was. I'm thinking, what other flavor can you put in there? More cream? Butter flavor? Still, this didn't make any sense to me. What the heck are they putting into the unsalted butter for flavoring? Well, I had to go investigate. And what is natural flavors anyhow? According to USDA, and I'm going to read this directly from their site, and yes, all links to all the references are online in the show notes at foodplusfreedom.com. The article is dated July 2019 on ask.usda.gov. The article name is What Does Natural Flavoring Mean on a Label if You Want to Search for It? Natural flavorings are spices, e.g. black pepper, basil, and ginger, spice extracts, essential oils, oleoresins, don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, onion powder, garlic powder, celery powder, onion juice, and garlic juice are all ingredients that may be declared on labeling as natural flavor, flavoring, flavor. Spices, oleosporin, essential oils, and spice extracts are listed in the Food and Drug Administration regulations. What in the world is oleosporins? And as I said, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's spelled O-L-E-O-R-E-S-I-N-S. After searching online for this word... I found a lot of different information. I finally wrote it down from Wikipedia. No, I don't think it's the best source, but it was saying everything that everybody else was saying. It is a semi-solid extract composed of resin and essential or fatty oil obtained by evaporating of the solvents used for their products. Oleesterins are concentrated plant extracts from plants, spices, and herbs which have been studied as food additives. What is that? Also, some are used in food, perfume, and even tear gas. I still don't feel like I got an answer, but you can decide. And the USDA does have another section of natural flavoring for meat, fish, and poultry. But guess what? Natural flavors means you don't know what the flavor really is. What happens if you're allergic to it? Yes, I suppose natural flavors is 100% better than artificial flavors, but depending on where you are in life, you probably don't want either one of them. Anyhow, I went on a little bit of a rant. The point is this. Why is there natural flavors in my butter? How did it get there? When did they start putting it there? And I had better start reading all of my labels again. When I make butter, it's just good old cream, and I beat it into butter. Natural flavors doesn't belong there. The packaging hadn't changed. Natural flavoring was just slipped in. I will confess, I knew companies were adding natural flavoring to butter because I've looked at different brands and saw it. These brands weren't organic, so I brushed it off. 
because I wasn't going to buy them anyhow. But here's a good lesson for everyone. Just because food is deemed organic doesn't mean there isn't crap in it. We can't be comfortable just buying organic anymore. We need to read labels. I felt some relief at companies had to let me know that the product ingredients has changed. As I said, I, I found comfort in this, but I just needed to read the label. Then I found on the FDA site, it's a download called Temporary Policy Regarding Certain Food Labeling Requirements During the COVID-19 Public Health Emergency Minor Formulation. Again, the link will be on the website. In a nutshell, and please read it yourself, make your own opinion about it. It was dated May 2020 with an intended to remain in effect until November 7th, 2023. Yes, we are past that date, but listen on. In March 13, 2023, there were some changes for vending machines as well, it looks like. But anyhow, in a nutshell, the regulation gives food manufacturers and vending machine leeway on their labeling due to the government's health emergency. It was to end 180 days at the end of the declared health emergency or November 7th, 2023, unless the document was updated. I did not find an updated document. If the manufacturer had changed the food product less than 2%, the label didn't need to be changed. Before this was enacted, any changes to ingredients had to be changed on the label prior to packaging and selling. Though they encourage companies to put information on their website or through a QR code to inform the public. You may not believe it, but not everyone owns a smartphone. And if they do, they don't know how to use it with a QR code. Don't laugh, but my 82-year-old mother wouldn't know how to use it. And I would bet my 20-year-old grandson who was learning to read labels just wouldn't bother with using the QR code. It meant he would have to do one more thing. So they hide the information. The document further says that characteristics, nutrition, and claims on the label cannot be affected by the omission or substitution of ingredients. For example, if the product was made with real butter, it still had to have real butter in it. The manufacturer couldn't just change the ingredients to flavored butter and not change it on the label at all. The ingredient change also shouldn't include high allergen foods such as peanuts, shellfish, etc. if they weren't already in the product. If they had to substitute an ingredient from a different part of the world, the company didn't have to change the label either. Like California raisins could be substituted with any other raisins from anywhere in the world. If you're interested in all the details, please go read it for yourself. I think it's important for everyone to find information from the source and to make their own conclusions. If you're thinking, well, it's past November 2023, you are correct. But items made prior to the state falls into that regulations, even if they don't hit our shelves for months at a time. For instance, and not that candy and goodies are actually a good thing to buy and Most of us, hopefully, we're not buying that stuff anymore. But this is January, and Valentine's candy is already on the shelves. In fact, it was starting to get on the shelves right around Christmas. It was made months ago. And that Easter candy that you're going to see come out probably in about another two or three weeks, 
it was made probably six or seven months ago, which means all of that food was made before the end of this regulation. And we really don't know how far in advance companies make food and then store it. The other thing to think about is how many times could the company change 2% and still fall within the regulations? I have no idea. So read, 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 read your food labels and try as hard as you can to get off of all processed food, especially from the stores. Make sure you check simple items such as butter, yeast, and baking soda too. I found some extra ingredients in yeast just the other day, and I now will go on a hunt for that information. If you're just starting out or on your food label reading journey, here's a few tips on what to stay away from. Look to eliminate any terms you can't pronounce or need to look up. Please look them up so you know what they are, but beware. Stay away from dyes. All those beautiful colors, red number, whatever, yellow number, green number, blue number, etc. They are all petroleum-based and many are genetically engineered. Stay away from anything that says genetically engineered. Remember, what you put into your body becomes your body. There are some dyes that are natural, coloring and flavoring, such as beet juice. Look for those. Stay away from high fructose corn syrup, HFC may also be written, and corn syrup. Besides, they aren't good for you. They help you gain weight, amongst other things. If they aren't organic, they are genetically bioengineered, yes, genetically modified, and sprayed with high doses of chemicals. Avoid three-letter acronyms like BHA or BHT, which are food preservatives that is used to prevent the oxidation and spoilage of fats and oils in food and avoid artificial flavoring and natural flavoring because you don't know what it really is. Start out bit by bit, learn a little bit at a time and start your journey or continue your journey on healthier eating. You can do it. You don't have to fall into the trap of crap in your food. If you want cookies, find a mom and pop bakery if you don't want to make them yourself. A place you can ask about the ingredients or know they bake from scratch. Or find someone to make them for you and barter. You can do it. You can do it for your health and you can do it for your freedom. Remember, homesteading is a peace of mind, not a piece of land, and everyone can do it. This is Janet Davis from Food Plus Freedom. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast and newsletter and hang tight for the quick tip of this show. Here goes your quick tip. What do you do when blocks of cheese go on sale? Well, you buy more of it, of course. If you're concerned about how you're going to store your cheese, freeze it. Yep, you heard me right, freeze it. It is the best choice that you can do for long-term storage. It's best if you freeze the block cheese in its original packaging because the air is already sucked out and that means minimal freezer burn and growth and any other issues you might have with cheese. If you need to use part of the block or you buy a giant six-pound block and you want to cut it up, 
then make sure you put the part you're freezing in an airtight container or use a vacuum sealer. Now when you defrost the cheese, the key is to let it defrost slowly or you're gonna have a crumbly mess. And the best way to do that is in your refrigerator because as it thaws, it stays in its natural state. You might still have a little bit of crumbling when you grate it, but not so much. It will not fall apart as much. And never, never, never put your frozen cheese in warm water to defrost. The cheese might start cooking and it definitely changes its texture. It becomes warm and soft and the ends can actually become gooey because you're melting the cheese. And if you're wondering about using your microwave on defrost, I have no idea because we don't have a microwave and we haven't had any, one for many, many years. But I don't think I'd want to try it because you're still melting the cheese. Well, now you know. Until next week, grow food, buy local, and gain freedom.